Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Uh, we've been going through Jude, which is, Pastor Terry says, I don't know how you can go through one chapter in three weeks, but we managed to do it. We managed to do it. There's a lot in that letter. We started off talking about the foundation that we need to focus on to receive the message. Because, um, you know, when you're writing a letter, the first thing you think of is the audience. So this letter is written to an audience with a very strong foundation, with a foundation in the, in the word, in the gospel. So to receive from this letter, we need to have that strong foundation. Um, so we talked about that, and then we went into last week, we talked about the letter that wasn't meant to be written, about how Jude um, was writing to, in, a, in a warning against people in the church that were uh, abusing the grace of God, that were, that were following in the footsteps of Cain, Balaam, and Korah. We talked about those three spirits operating in the church and how it's a really a, a, a progressive growth in disobedience. Um, you, know, you start with that murderous uh, envy or strife in your heart, and then you seek out to, uh, and that's, that's the spirit of Cain, um, and then you seek out to um, sabotage or look for outside influences to derail those that you have those feelings for, which is the, the spirit of Balaam. And then ultimately you try to rally people around you, try to justify the things that you're feeling, and that's that rebellious spirit, that spirit of Korah who came against Moses in a rebellion. Um, so it's really a progression through those spirits. And tonight, uh, we're going to talk about what we do to combat these things. We also, we talked about these were the people that were grumbling and complaining in that time. And something that we are going to talk about tonight is about grumbling and complaining. So, um, but... Most of this is really beneficial to what we're all dealing with today, with this um, epidemic that we're dealing with and these people who are putting laws in, you know, or enacting these, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say necessarily laws, but um, mandates, um, temporary mandates. And they have the power to do that in emergency situations. And if things are declared emergency, those that are in authority can mandate certain things. And, and then it's a struggle for a lot of people. So in that, it's going to bring to the surface these spirits that are operating. Rebellion and um, sabotage and division and these things. And so... We need to be mindful of those, and we need to be able to um, push through it together in unity. 
And that's, uh, that's a big key in the New Testament is unifying the body. There are a few scriptures about um, judging those in the church and trying to, um, you know, uh, there, there's actually a very harsh scripture about in Corinthians about, or is it in Romans 16 about those who are creating division in the church to cast them out, not have anything to do with them. So division is something that is not looked at kindly in, the, in Scripture. So it's something we need to be mindful of. Um, but this last portion of Jude gives us the, the tools to combat and, and gives us the purpose that we have in these times and how to react to these things and how to move forward. So real quick, let's um, go ahead and finish up reading this chapter, and we'll, um, we'll take this apart as we go. We're going to go for, a, we're going to start in 17 and, and uh, work our way to the end of the chapter here. So 17 says, But you, my f- dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told us that in the last times there would be scoffers, those whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. With these people, these people are the ones who are, created, who are creating division among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. So these people that are creating division, how are they creating division? Um... There's something um, in Hebrews that I want to read, Hebrews chapter 3. Before we, we're going to be in um, lots of scripture tonight. We're going to be in Philippians, Colossians, uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, but this uh, Hebrews chapter 3 kind of sets the stage. He says, build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are the, those are the two things that we are to do now. In these moments, we're coming against the division. We're coming against the spirits of rebellion. We're coming against other things that we're about to touch on. We're gonna touch on um, plausible arguments. That's a hard one. Man's wisdom, human wisdom. That's another hard one for us to come against. We're coming against human wisdom. Scripture says, and we're going to read Scripture about it, to guard yourself against human wisdom because the wisdom of the Spirit is not the same. It's not going to tell you the same thing that, that, that the carnal mind's going to tell you or that the flesh is going to tell you. So we're going to dive into that too. Um, but Hebrews 3 really sets the stage. Hebrews 3.12 
and 13 says, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turn away, and turning you away from the living God. So first off, make sure your own hearts, check yourself, make sure that you're not, your own heart isn't, isn't evil or unbelieving. And that's something that came to me this week in an experience where someone had been deceiving themselves for so long that they didn't even see the deception any longer. And it wasn't even their own fault. It was something that started off very young at a very early age in life. They were in a deception and it, and it never got rectified and it's followed them all through their life. And this deception became a reality and they had to stop and check themselves and realize that this, this, is a, this is an evil that's actually been hidden from me my whole life. So this is something that we all need to be guarded about. We need to check our own hearts that they're not evil or unbelieving or turning us away from the living God. And then you must warn each other every day while it is still today, called today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. So first we check ourselves, and then we warn each other. So Jude doesn't talk too much about checking yourself, but he does talk about building up each other. But to build each other up, you have to, to build someone else up, you have to have a foundation, you have to have a firm stance, you have to be able to check yourself, you have to take the log out of your own eye or the speck before you talk about someone else's speck. So you have to evaluate yourself and then you have to build up those around you. So there's, there's a scripture, a lot of scripture about yourself, how to do that, and there's also scripture about how to build up the church that we're gonna go through. So let's start with ourselves. Hebrews 3.12 talks about um, making sure your own heart isn't evil. Philippians uh, 2, let's go to Philippians 2. So this is something to help build yourself up in the spirit. These are all gonna be things that we can do to help build ourselves up, to help strengthen ourselves. So Philippians 2, verse 14 and 15 say, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So when my wife last week brought up the only times you have to exercise honor and submission to authorities is when you disagree with them, right? And in a disagreement with an authority, that's when you have to humble yourself. That's when you have to show them honor and be submissive. 
if you agree with them all the time, there's no exercise in submission. They're just, you're just all moving in the same direction. This is an instance where you disagree. Do you start complaining about it? Do you start grumbling about it? Philippians says, don't complain, don't grumble. So that's really reinforcement in that humble yourself, submit to authority. Be the light in the world so that you can be held blameless. In uh, Colossians 2, Colossians 2, uh, verse 2, Paul's writing to um, the Colossians, but he's also talking about the church in Laodicea. And he says about the church um, in Laodicea, he says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious, mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ, in Christ himself, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so that, so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. So people will come against you with these arguments of division. They're creating division is what they're doing. They're trying to get you to side with them, and they're going to have an argument. They're going to have all the information in the world about this fact and that fact, and look at this, and how does this, this doesn't line up with that, and they're going to have these well-crafted arguments. But where is the true wisdom at? Where is the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ? If the Holy Spirit is not convicting you, if you don't, if it's not in this word, then these crafted arguments are created to divide us, to divide our attentions, to divide our hearts, to drive wedges between us. And then he goes on in eight and nine, he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So we're in the church today. There's a lot, there's this, there's this there are people that are that are um, in fear, and there are people who are not in fear, and there are people that are trying to hold it together. 
The ones in fear are mad at the ones that are not in fear. The ones that are not in fear are mad at the ones that are in fear because they're weak. And then there's a group of people trying to hold it together, trying to keep the unity in the church right now. And it's, not a, it's a scary thing to be in because you see, you see the enemy, these spirits operating in, in both sides that are not being recognized because either they're prideful and they don't want to humble themselves and they don't want to be honoring or they don't want to show mercy or they don't, I don't know. There, there's there's this, this arrogance about it. Well, I am strong in this. I don't need this. And then there's those that are fear, fearful and overcome with fear and don't understand who they are in Christ, don't understand the the power that is attainable for us in Christ, they don't they don't see their true identity and the in, in this situation. So you just have to evaluate, you know, who who are, are you showing mercy to right now? Um, and we'll get to that too later on in the book of uh, Jude talks about showing mercy. So. Um, so that's really, those are things that you can really check yourself in. And there's a couple other we're going to come across. Um, but in Hebrews 3.13, it says for each other to, to, to look out for each other. And that goes along with building up the church as, as a body, me to you, you to some, you know, in, in this network of family that we have. How do we encourage each other, upbuild each other? Um, Ephesians 4 is going to be speak right into that um, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, and we're going to go through 11 through 16. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave these to the church, to the body the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church and the body of Christ. So he gave these people to the church. He created these stations. He, he built this system to build up the church. That's, the, that's what these people's goals are is to build up the, the church. So in submission to these leaders in the church, the church will be built up. It will be unified. It will be strengthened. But if you're coming against um, a decision, you're creating division in that church. You're, you're creating division in the system that Christ himself put together because this is to build up the church, the body of Christ. So this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. So until the church is unified, this system needs to be in place. Until all of us are mature Christians and walk in the fullness of Christ, some people walk in that fullness today. 
Some people do. They have, a, they have a relationship with Christ and they understand their identity where they don't need the teacher because they are taught by the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that Holy Spirit will be our teacher. We will reach a point where we don't need to be taught by man any longer because Holy Spirit will teach us or the anointing will teach us depending on your translation. So if you are walking in the fullness, if you're seeking Christ, if you understand your full identity, you don't need to be... I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to say, give anybody an opportunity to be rebellious. I'm just saying that when, you're, when the church is unified, when the, everyone is walking in that identity, which you can see some today, when everyone is walking in that identity, then we can move into this next phase that he has for us. But that structure is here until that day, until there are no more weak, until there are no more proud, until everyone is focused on unifying the church and their identity in Christ. We're going to have this structure, so we need to honor that structure. It was put there to build up the church, and Jude says that's what we need to do right now is to build up the church to, to stay against these spirits that are operating and this division that's happening, these divisive people, these divisive spirits. Um, so next we're going to move into Romans 14. And this is about building up your brother or not causing him to stumble, I should say. But in, in, the same, in the same token, it's a relational thing. It's not for me personally. This is, this is, right now, we're not looking at ourselves. We already looked at ourselves. We looked at the things that we need to do for ourselves. Right now, we're looking at things that are not selfish ambitions. They're not, look, we're not looking in, into our own hearts. We're thinking about how are we going to build up the church? How are we going to build up our brother? How are we going to affect our brother? What our actions are going to do to encourage our brother to raise up the church, that's what we're focusing on right now. And in Romans 14, there's a really good example. And yeah, every, every time I come across the scripture, everybody wants to focus on the fact that he's talking about food and drink. But this is an idea that can be used in almost every aspect of your, of your walk. You know, it could be how, how do you, your driving habits. It could be your work ethic. It could be all these ideas that are in the scripture can be u- utilized in multiple places in your life. You can't just say, well, he's just talking about food and drink there. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, so in Romans 14, 17 through 22, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink or what we do, by living, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. It's not the things that we disagree with. It's not... The, you know, I have beliefs that I've, the Holy Spirit, well, I believe Holy Spirit has 
directed me in, in understanding that aren't necessarily written in this Bible. I'm sure all of us in this room have cer hold certain beliefs, theological beliefs, that are qu questionable, that can be questioned because they're not written in this book, that we have reasoned or we have been shown through prayer or in one way or another, we have achieved some belief in our, in our life that not, can't necessarily be pinpointed in this book. Those are the things that we're talking about, okay? Those are things that it says, blessed are those who do not feel guilty for doing thing, something that they have decided is right. Okay, so those are things that I've decided this is right, this is what's supposed to happen, uh, and I, Scripture said, blessed are those who do those things knowing that they are right. So, so that, that gives me license to have different beliefs than you, and, to, and this now creates a situation where who, who gets honored in this disagreement, if you will. Right? So right now, we're, we, the scripture is written about food and drink, because that's something that we all have in, in, in common and, and familiar with. But it says that the kingdom of God is not those things, but it is living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then... Let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. There it goes again, building up the church. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Don't tear apart the work of God over these things that we might disagree on. Remember, all food are acceptable but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. So he says all food is acceptable. That goes along with the scripture that says all things are lawful. That's very black and white. Any translation, you cannot misinterpret those words. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. All things are lawful, but not all things are good. So we have to get away from this legalistic idea, this law that we're trying to place everyone else under. My belief is this, so you have to believe it because I think it's right. That's not what this says. This says don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. This isn't, that's not going to build the church up, focusing on these these minor disagreements. It's not going to build the church up. Remember, all things are lawful. But it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. So that's the key. Got something to share, Jim? So uh, last night I was uh, with a friend and uh, God had put something on my heart that I've been doing ever since he put it on my heart about food. And uh, it's real simple. And it's only intended for me. It's not intended for other people. Long ago, God told me, in honor of me, don't eat 
a fortune cookie. And so since that day, I've never eaten a fortune cookie. And I find it sometimes very hard to do because there's that fortune cookie there. And I want to eat that fortune cookie. But God told me that day, your fortune is me. And then God specifically told me not to go after people who last night in his house ate a fortune, fortune cookie. <laughs> the fortune went into the trash, but the cookie went in the belly. <laughs> so, uh, you don't want to make another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. So even though you hold this belief that something is okay, something is good, now I have a situation where somebody disagrees with me. I am called to honor them so that I don't make them stumble. It doesn't say I'm supposed to teach them what's right and wrong. It doesn't say I'm supposed to try to convince them with uh, my argument of why I believe this. It says I am to honor them so that they do not stumble. Okay? Exactly. You may believe there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. What you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Some, some translations say, keep your faith between you and God. Terry, there's a microphone right here, if you could grab it, so people at home can hear you. It's right here. There are times when uh, what we believe is scriptural. And what uh, other people believe may not be scriptural. At what point do, you, do you, you say, well, this is what I believe? We're not talking about those that are things that are written in the word here. We're talking about things that are not found in the word that where you're, you have to, like the fortune cookie. Jim is convicted of the fortune cookie. So for me, this is a very menial example, but for me to try to convince him that it's okay to eat fortune cookies, Jim, that's ridiculous. I don't know why you can't eat it. It's just, a, it's just a cookie. It's just some sugar and some bread. You know, Me trying to make that argument with him is not honoring him. It's trying to make him stumble. It's trying to make him go against what the Holy Spirit has shown him or convicted him of. I ate the cookie. <laughs> but I didn't eat it in the same room as him. <laughs> that wasn't the question. He didn't know about my fortune cookie thing. So the opposite would be true. If Daniel came in a room and he's eating a fortune cookie. I know God has spoken to me personally about this. It is wrong for me to turn to Daniel and say, because I'm going to cause him to stumble too. 
to honor another person is so important. And it, to bring it back to common, something we all understand here, my brother Johnny was an alcoholic. His hardest time was at Christmas among Irish people. So there was lots of drinking. And my wife and I didn't drink, so Johnny would love to come to our house where there was nothing there that would cause him to stumble because people just do what they do. That makes sense? So. There are other examples in your life. Um, you know, driving five miles over the speed limit. Some people are, think it's okay. Some people are not convicted of it. Is it, is it are you going to get pulled over? No. But some people are convicted to follow the letter of the law, to go what that speed limit says. But am I supposed to honor that person, or am I supposed to try to convince him otherwise? I'm not supposed to make. I'm not supposed to do anything that's going to cause them to stumble. That's not written in the Bible. But there are things in our, in our theologies that aren't necessarily black and white, right? Can you agree with that, Pastor Cherry, that there are things in our theologies that aren't black and white? Yeah, I, I think sometimes we, we do split hairs. And we were talking outside about uh, some, some, something that uh, Christians disagree on, uh, some people believe that you, when you die, you should be buried. Some people believe it's okay to be cremated. Right. Um, so, you know, each, each person has a reason that they believe what they believe. Uh, that, that's a good example. That is, that, that's not something that you should, you should dishonor the person uh, given. But, but conversely, you don't make them feel bad because they don't agree with you. Exactly. That's the yeah. point. That's what we're getting at. Okay, yeah. Trying to honor their beliefs, their convictions. That's the key, is honoring their convictions. And you hold your conviction between you and the Lord. That's what the scripture is saying. That's what I'm gleaning from it. Yeah. If it has to be based on the Word of God. Our, all of our lives has to be based on the Word of God, or we're not believers. <laughs> Some things are, are, are gray areas. There are gray areas, yes. There's... there's, there's Part of the scripture says you can have anything you want. Lord, I want a million dollars. And God says no. So sometimes, you know, sometimes you can have anything you want if you are if you agree with God, and He agrees with you. There is more scripture written about building up the church than there is about condemning or correcting a brother. There is much more scripture. So I would say that, that the correction is very far in few between because there would be, if you balance out the scales in the word, upbuilding and encouraging way outweighs condemning or instructing or changing course of your brother. Right. Just honoring. But if you have that Bible 
That's a whole nother sermon. That's right. That's a whole nother sermon. Right now we're talking about building up the church and building up each other and not causing each other to stumble and honoring each other. Um, so let's keep moving through here. Um, 22, you may believe there's nothing wrong with it, what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Bless, blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your conviction. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So that really puts the burden on conviction, ultimately. And if you're filled with the Spirit, if you're seeking after God, you're going to have that conviction. Now, if you're under deception and you're, and you're living this deceptive, deceptive lie, that's, that's, a, that's numbing to the Spirit. So that's where you have to check your heart, check, and you have to reevaluate, like Hebrews says, reevaluate, are the things in your heart evil? So there's an evaluation process, but it all goes back to the Word. So, and, and then he goes on into 15, he says, who, we who are strong must be considerate to those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive to these things. So it's really the strong being sensitive to the weak. I know who I am. I know my strengths. I still need to be sensitive to those who are weak in these areas and not cause them to feel like their conviction is being trampled on or that they're being coerced to sin because conviction, is, if you go against conviction, you're going against sin. You're, you're, you're creating sin. It sounds like my mic just got really hot. So I'm sure all of us can kind of recognize the uh, situation we're all facing right now and how, how this could be utilized in these experiences that we're having today, these relationships that we're, that we're struggling with today. So let's go ahead and uh, go back, go into 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll talk more about um, up, um, building up the church, what, what there is in place to build up the church in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. You know, really this whole chapter is about um, up building up yourself and building up the church. So this really falls under both categories. Um, chapter 14 starts off with, let 
love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives or the gifts of the Spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. So, part of building up the church in Jude and part of defending against the division, the divisiveness of these scoffers or these um, these uh, grumblers and complainers is praying in the Spirit. Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us gifts that are written here, especially, it says, especially the, the gift of the ability of prophecy. For if you have the ability to speak tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit but it will, will all be mysterious. So he's saying this is, this is useful for yourself. This is, a, this is something, speaking in tongues is between you and the Lord. This is something that will build yourself up. This is something that is encouraging for yourself, not necessarily to those around you, because they're not, they're not privy to what the Lord is showing you. So... You'll be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be a mystery. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages others, and comforts them. In the King James, it says edifies others. And exhort for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So prophecy is for edification, the instruction or improvement of a person, morally or intellectually. So prophecy is for instruction and improvement. And we're, this is not written to the prophet. This is written to the church. So we're all told to desire the gifts of the Spirit, to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. So that is how, that is one way that we can build up the church, that we can edify the church, that we can strengthen the church. King James says for edification, for exhortation, which is to communicate emphatically, urging someone to do something. Um, and then comfort, to ease or alleviate a person's feelings of grief or distress. So prophecy covers a multitude of things that will build up the church, build up your brother, your sister. Um, and we're all told to desire, earnestly desire or seek after, especially prophecy. So think about that. Is that something that you spend time seeking after in your daily life? About two, three years ago, I guess it's been about three years ago now, um, we started a small group that was specifically focused on the gift of prophecy. We wanted to learn what, the God's, what God's voice sounded like. How do we do this? How do we tune in to him, what he has for us? And that was the focus of this group for years. 
And it, it's something that we can, you can practice. You can sit and meditate on the word or just ask the Lord, what do you have for this person? And you would be amazed at the ways and the things that he would bring to mind um, that would touch someone's life. That would, that, would, that would build them up so greatly. Something as simple as the picture of, a, of a, someone climbing a ladder could speak to somebody's struggles at work, you know, and you, and you have no idea what it means, but if you don't share it with them, how are they going to be edified or encouraged or comforted? Um, there, you, the Lord can speak to you in colors, in words, in scripture, in, in there's, there's a multitude in any way, shape, or form, but the, the key is that we seek after it. Can you bring her the mic? Who has the mic? If you're going to have it, you got to run it. Um, I have unsaved family members that I've been praying for about over 30 years, and my daughter accepted Christ when she was little, but she strayed from, from her faith, and this has grieved me tremendously. And the way I pray for her and her fiance and my brothers is, I just thank the Lord that they are saved because God stands outside of time. But as much as I thank the Lord, there's always sometimes a little tiny doubt because I'm human. And a few weeks ago, a lady in this church, um, we were at the ladies' Bible study, and she gave me a word that she saw a vision and that she saw the Lord putting a crown on my daughter's head. And ever since she gave me that word, the peace I did not have, I now have peace. Amen. Amen. That's a perfect example of use of prophecy, bringing that comfort, that encouragement. Um, so it's key in building up the body. It's something that we all need to be seeking after. Um, it continues, this is in the, this whole chapter is about tongues and prophecy, so we're just going to have to uh, burn through this whole thing. A person who speaks in tongues strengthens, is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So here we have the self and we have the church again. So we're upbuilding ourselves in the tongues, and we're upbuilding the church in the prophecy. 
I wish I could, you, you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So here's a third situation. So you have speaking in tongues, which is strengthening yourself, communi- communing with God, what's the Spirit, praying for you. And then you have prophecy, which is God speaking through you, And now you have speaking in tongues, the Spirit, in the Spirit, praying, and someone interpreting what God is saying, edifying the body. So there's three scenarios here. So if it's, if you're speaking in tongues, you're strengthening yourself. If someone understands, if the Lord gives them the gift of interpretation, and they understand what you're saying, and they relay that to the body of Christ, now it becomes edifying for the church, encouraging for everyone. Now, now it's something that, that, that everyone can experience. So it's just, it's just really neat how these three separate things are starting to work together in, in, the, in the body, in, the, in your person, in your own relationship, and in with relationship with others, and how to strengthen your brothers He goes on to say, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to speak to you in an unknown language, how would, you, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation of some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play a note clearly, or no one will recognize the melody. So it's really the importance of are you, are you bringing this to the church to build it up? Or is it something that you're supposed to have for yourself that you're trying to share with someone else? Maybe it's not meant to be shared with someone else. Um, and if the burglar does not sound a clear call, how will the soldier know they are being called to battle? The bugler. It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many thing, many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, it will be foreign to someone who speaks it. I, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. At the same is true to you, since you are eager to to have special abilities and the Spirit gives, seek those that are strengthening the whole church. If so, anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying and I do not understand what I'm saying. So here it is again, the interpretation. If we're called right now in this moment according to the letter of Jude, who, was going, who went through these same things or was writing about these same things, these same spirits operating in the church, these same divisiveness, the same spirits of rebellion. He says, build each other up. So if we're to build each other up, we need to focus on prophecy. We need to focus on interpretation of tongues. These are things we all need to be seeking after so that we can focus on building the church up right now in, these, in this moment. This is a crucial time for us to be active 
in building the church up. So I would encourage all of you to seek after interpretation, to seek after prophecy, so that we could build each other up. So he goes on, he says, well then, what should I, shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words that I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join in and give you thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will have to give thanks very well. You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. So balance it. He's saying balance what you're doing so that you can continue to encourage those around you and they can continue to partake in this worship, in this communion with the Lord. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in the church meetings, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in the unknown language. So his main concern here in the meetings is to build each other up, to encourage each other. That's his main concern. That's what he's telling us through this whole chapter, is focus on what builds up the church. Seek prophecy, seek interpretation, pray in the spirit and pray in, in the word. Sing praise in the spirit and sing praise in the word so that those can sing along with you. I thank God. Uh, I was already there. Dear brothers and sisters, do not be childish in your understanding of these things, but innocent as babies. When it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scripture, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So it's a warning about you know, how the Lord is going to speak to us. So we need to be open for interpretation. We have to be open to hear what he has to say um, through, through all languages, through all tongues. So here is a good um, example of how we are to build up the church. Um, let's see, I had another scripture here marked for some reason. It was about encouraging each other. Um, it's all about encouraging each other, right? So we can uh, go ahead and move on through this. Um, after, Jude, after Jude lays this out and says to build each other up um, and to pray in the Holy Spirit and, and wait the mercy of Jesus uh, Christ, he says, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. That sounds a lot like we were talking about, you know, the... We, uh, honoring those who are weaker in this area that we read about in Romans 15, where he says, you know, those who are weak in this area of faith, um, be mindful of that. So right now we're experiencing that. We're experiencing people in the congregations, in the body of Christ, who don't necessarily have the faith or understanding uh, or 
of what the Holy Spirit is capable of, what the, the, you know, what Christ's blood really did for us, what we can access through that, their faith might not, it might be wavering in this fear that they're feeling, and we need to show them mercy, not condemn them, not come at them with reasons why they're, they're covered by the blood or judge them for their fears, but that's what we're seeing. That's what we're, we had people come to the church on Sunday, walk in the door, a whole family, like multiple generations, and they just started rebuking us because we were asking them to follow the mandate that the governor put forth. And they started rebuking us and didn't even step any farther into the church and ended up leaving. And I thought to myself, do these people not go to the grocery store because they have to wear a mask? Do they not go to the shopping centers because they have to wear a mask or the post office because they have to wear a mask? Or is it just the church that they refuse to visit because they have to wear a mask? So this is a situation where it's creating division, not showing mercy, not showing honor, not humbling yourself, not keeping your belief, your faith between you and God is creating division, is keeping you from fellowship, is keeping you from whatever the words, the prophecy that could have been released that day, the edification, the uplifting, it kept you, it kept them from that. Because they lacked the mercy, they lacked the humility to, to uh, honor that mandate. So we must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. So here's another situation where it's not just someone who's weak, but someone who is in dire straits, who is in the fire, and we're, he calls us to snatch us out. I think King James says, snatch them from the fire with fear. Be fearful of what they're going through. It can damage you. So when you snatch them out, do it with fear. Do it with, with understanding that what they're going through is real and damaging, and it could damage you yourself. Do you have something, Bishop? Yeah, I was going to uh, comment on prophecy. Yeah. Um, uh, like you said, prophecy covers a whole gamut from simple prophecy, which is edification, exhortation, and comfort, up to revelation. You know, like, for example, the Lord might be revealing to me that, you know, you ate uh, cereal this morning and this and that. So all of that is still in the realms of prophecy. Today, but, we do consider it all. We kind of lump words of wisdom, words of knowledge right. into prophecy. And right. they're, they're all gifts of the Spirit. They all have share the same Spirit. They're all from the same Spirit. So right. I, I, can, I totally understand what you're saying, yeah. So, and, and uh, like Daniel said, everyone can prophesy because the Bible says we should desire these gifts. And it comes from the same Holy Spirit that you have living inside of you. So it's from the same person, it's the same stream so, and, and prophecy, uh, the basic definition is speaking forth by the inspiration of the moment. 
You don't think it. It's not coming from your brain. It's coming from your spirit because the spirit of God lives inside of you. So every one of us can prophesy. As a matter of fact, when you do a message, when you preach a message, some parts of the message is prophecy. You are speaking forth by the inspiration of the moment. So every believer, every member of the body of Christ can prophesy because it's part of one of the gifts that the Lord has given to the church. But we always look at it like, oh, I have to, you know, do all this fasting and praying and, and you know, all of this stuff. But, you know, you are a member of the body. You are part of the family. You can prophesy. In fact, many times you are prophesying and you don't even know it because it's an inspiration of the moment that the Lord is giving to you. Like Daniel said, to build up, to encourage, to, to lift up the body. Amen. Exactly. So it's, it's available to all of us. Like all the gifts are available to all of us. We can all, we can all if, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're filled with those gifts. We have access to those gifts. We can lay hands on the sick. If we have the faith, if we, have, if we recognize our identity, if we're, if we're seeking the kingdom, we're going to be able to do all those things that Christ did and more. But prophecy says specifically, seek prophecy most because it encourages the church, the body, all of us. So, and that's, and that's going against that concept of division or judgment or, um, you know, theology, my theology versus your theology. And it's, it's the kingdom of God isn't about that. We just read that in, uh, in, Romans, in Romans 14. We read, the kingdom of God is not matters of what you eat and drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Living a life in the Holy Spirit. So, um, in, in this process, be mindful to show mercy to those who have wavering faith. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment and show mercy to still others but do so with great caution. So he's talking about those that are in the flames, that are you're snatching from the fire, that are in the cusp of being lost to the gates of hell. These people are in serious torment, serious um, deception. And when snatching them out, when pulling them back, do it with great caution you could be subject to those philosophies and those um, um, plausible arguments, if you will. You know, you might have, they might try to feed you some lines of reasoning, some human reasoning that makes sense. Um, those are things you have to be cautious of um, today. Go ahead, Jim. Got something to share? Here it comes. He's a military man. So a navigator who's only off by a couple degrees at a certain point in a flight doesn't sound like much, does it? 
about these plausible arguments that someone might bring to you. But being off by a couple of degrees by the end of the flight could be the difference between San Diego and Canada. So you really got to be careful when you're helping another person that you yourself don't fall into that very same logical reasoning. Your brain wants to work that out. And I think somebody told us about the soul, the spirit, and the brain, this, or the body this week. So yeah. we got to be careful we aren't operating out of our bodies. How does that work? Go, Pastor, Bishop, how's that? Uh, so we don't uh, operate uh, in our senses, the five senses. Right. As opposed to operating through the spirit. Amen. Of course, when you're driving, you better operate by your senses. <laughs> or you're going to be a spirit. <laughs> or you get, exactly. You end up in the spirit. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and, uh, and finish this chapter up. Now, all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy to his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, and power and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. So this is all for his glory. He, is, he set us apart. He gave us the words to follow, the instruction. He set us up the structure to protect us. He gave us the helper. He gave us the blood covering. He loves us so much. He is so prepared for this moment. The God of the universe was prepared for this moment for us. It's just amazing. Um, is, we're getting ready to wrap up. Any more comments or? First Corinthians fourteen thirty one, as we mentioned, does say you all can prophesy, but that just means you can. That doesn't mean you will. It's a choice. It is a choice. Amen. That's right. I think one thing that I've learned uh, and about what you've talked about tonight is not to be deceived, but to know the word. And I read the Bible, um, and I feel like I know the word pretty well. And sometimes I'll challenge my husband when he says something, and I'm like, well, where's that in the Bible or something? And, um, but he usually knows the word a lot better than I do, but... <laughs> but the bottom line is, I thought I knew the Bible. And about and quite a 
few months ago, Pastor Terry was teaching Wednesday night. I don't remember what the study was on, but he chastised us. And it's like, don't you know the word? You know, haven't you read? And it's like, I couldn't remember what he was asking about. And it's right there in the Bible, in the New Testament. And he said, don't you read the Bible? And that really impressed me. And it's like, you think you might know the word, but do you? Do you really? Yeah. Do you really? And then, and then I yeah. learned that from Pastor Bishop that there are little nuggets everywhere throughout Scripture where the Holy Spirit will reveal the nugget. But how much time do I spend looking enough for those little nuggets? Amen. I feel like the letter of Jude is a nugget in itself. We just spent uh, three weeks. Um, we had a comment over here. Yeah. Kathy, if you don't mind. I mean, when you snatch somebody out of the fire, yeah. you have to use the sword of the Spirit, the word, period, the end, correct? That's right. <laughs> you have to do it with fear and trembling, that's for sure. Well, thanks, you guys, for... Uh, um, working through this book of Jude with me and for all you guys that were here through Ruth too. It's been a really amazing experience for me and the Lord's really grown me in this whole thing. Um, I just, you know, it, it's really humbling to be here to share what the Lord has revealed to me, to be able to share what the Lord's been able to reveal to me to you all and I just bless you for that. I thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, and while we were reading this last couple of verses, I just really felt my heart really felt like joy for who we are in the, as a body, for us here. Like, we all are seeking the kingdom right now. We're here we're for a purpose. And I just want to reread that. Now, now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away, and who will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory and majesty and power and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. So we just come before you, Lord, now, and we ask you to seal what, was, what you've shown us through this book, um, that it's sealed away in our hearts, that you place the word in our hearts so that when we do come across false teachings, when we do come across these spirits of rebellion or these murderous spirits, that we, we can recall what you called us to do in those moments and that we can encourage each other, Lord, that we can build each other, Lord, that we put aside our own pride and our own understanding and we honor those around us. We show mercy to those who are weaker than us. 
so that we can encourage them and upbuild them and strengthen them, Lord, so that what we pour out, we pour out onto the body so that the body can be unified and the body can be strengthened for your glory. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.